0: everyone. Welcome to the 71st episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of PopBreak.com. I am the editor-in-chief of the site and your host for this episode. My name is Bill Bodkin, and I am flying solo in the host seat today because wouldn't you know it, it's the summer and Al Manorino just had to go have fun. I was going to make such a big deal out of this episode Facebook told us it was Al and Bill Day because I guess this was when we became friends on Facebook. I was going to throw him a party, give him a cake, buy him some scotch, but instead he can go watch Alanis set with his wife. I'm sure he's going to have a lovely time and I hope I wish them all the best and Al hopefully will be on next week. I wouldn't be surprised if we're doing our fantasy football draft during the podcast, but that's for a different day and a different time. But I am very stoked Because replacing Al this week, I have a double debut, which I believe outside of like, you know, when we first started the podcast, this is a first for us in 2021, because that's the year because I can't do math. So I will go. And I'm also excited because both these guests are older than me. And that never happens. I'm always the old guy on podcasts. Not like they're that much older than me. They could probably be like 20 minutes older than me. But I'm taking it as a W for Bill. I can't even pronounce my own name. So first, I'm going to go in order of, um, let's say order of debuts on the site. First, I have known this man for, gosh, I'm going to say close to 20 years. He and I almost did a tryout tape for wwe for commentary but thank god my college girlfriend made me drive her home in a snowstorm that day and i missed out on it he is a former writer for wwe he is my personal mental health savior he is also one of the longest tenured writers on thepoprate.com he covered monday night raw like a champion and saint of a man that he is for years you can see him covering stuff comic books and all sorts of stuff he is Michael Dworkis, Mike, welcome to the Socially Distanced
1: Podcast. Wow, thank you for that intro. I mean, 20 years is a long time, so thanks for, you know, contributing to make me feel old.
0: Hey, listen, and uh, you've heard Mike on Pop Break Podcast before. He's been on a number of the AEW podcasts. He and, he and I have recorded them. Um, so it's not his first Pop Break Podcast, but his first Socially Distanced Podcast. Our next guest, is no stranger to the podcast world as he is an original member of the Bob culture podcast family. I guess I am too, but he is like day one. Uh, he is also a senior staff writer for the He wrote about SmackDown for years. He covers NXT every week. He covers dark side of the ring. You most recently read his awesome stuff. He did with Stephen Amell, Alexander Ludwig, James Harrison, and the rest of the cast of stars, new series heels. And he is the reviewer of the series we are reviewing throughout this podcast. What if the big cat himself, Matt Wittes, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you, Bill. Always ready to be the bad guy for a good reason.
0: I don't really think you need to be that right now. I don't know if that's a bowling for soup reference either, but I'm just going to say, cause I popped one person for that. And that was Rob. He's like, I love that band. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I, I did not put over the fact you are a proficient griller of meats and that Mike's favorite wrestler, Baron Corbin, has taken notice of your work on Twitter.
2: Baron Corbin and Roger Mooking of Cooking Channel.
0: I don't know who that is. I know who Baron
2: Corbin And Fire Food. It's a great show. I watch.
0: <laughs> that I know. I know the title of that show. So, yes. So, Matt, before we start the podcast, it's late summer. We're cutting into fall. What's What are you cooking right now? What's, what's on the grill or the smoker?
2: Right now, I actually have a four-pound rack of St. Louis ribs sitting in my fridge right now, rubbed up, ready to go first thing in the morning. I'm sorry. Before, before I help Michael Vacchiano put in a car seat
0: um as you should because you are you are part of the in the legal system uh mike and i are both like okay well we know where right. we are tomorrow morning we're just mm-hmm. going to be sitting at your door and be like hi feed us, please <laughs> uh my, and i'm putting mike on the spot a little bit here because mike is going to be debuting a podcast real soon right mike
1: absolutely real soon
0: uh, and what's the title of that podcast
1: uh that's uh wrestling with mental health
0: yes and Uh, Can I spoil who one of your first guests is? Go ahead. You can spoil away. Well, it's also I'm one of them. But (laughs) former WWE and WCW superstar Mark Merrow is going to be on the podcast. That's right. Had a lovely conversation with Mike. So look for that on all your favorite streaming platforms real soon. Right, Mike?
1: Real soon. Absolutely. It's on
0: audio. This is me just <laughs> reminding Mike. He's got to do it. One
2: uh, of are, are the biggest what ifs of wrestling in the nineties. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. Look at that. It's like he's been on a podcast and knows how to transition. That's right. We are talking about, uh, you know, if you guys don't know, we are a Disney plus stand podcast. We ta- have talked about so many Disney plus series this year. We are not sponsored, recognized, or recognized by Disney, although hopefully they will recognize us one day positively. Um, we're talking about What If, uh, the Marvel animated series that drops every single Wednesday. So Mike, I'm going to start with you because Matt's been reviewing. Uh, what's your relationship with What If? Uh, going back to the comic book days, were you reading any of those comics? What's your relationship with this series?
1: Yeah, I've, I've read not all the issues, but I, I've read uh, a number of the issues. Um, back in the there were some in the 80s there was a a small trade published in the 90s Um, so have have some familiarity with the original what ifs Uh, so in relation to the animated series that we've got on disney plus i've really enjoyed what they're doing i mean they've kept it pretty strict to the mcu and overall i'm happy with what i'm with what i'm seeing and and in no way have i felt that they've slanted anything in the comics or done anything that uh, I felt was uh, too off kilter.
0: Well, what would you have any recollection of any of your favorite uh, stories from what if uh, I remember someone brought up mm. to me um, that I remember reading was what if Eddie Brock was Spider-Man? That was mm-hmm. a really cool one. Uh, do that you have any ones that cool. stick out to you?
1: Um, Not particular. It's been a long time since I've read it. So I can't remember exactly a specific title. Sorry. Although I actually do have something with the fantastic four having different members. Um, that's coming to memory. I'm blanking on who the, on what the roster was, but I remember there was a shift in who was part of the fantastic four, um, and the relationship with, uh, Dr. Doom.
0: And Matt, big cat, you obviously are writing the review series for us. What's your relationship? Did you have a relationship with comic books prior to starting the series?
2: Oh yeah. It used to be, uh, it used to be my bad habit, uh, At one point I was uh, in my adult life, I was spending way too much money each month, but I've been collecting uh, pretty much since I was about eight years old. I had a run of about 30 years of that. And one of my favorite single comic book issues was the last issue of What If? I think it was probably might have been volume two, but it was in the late 90s. The story was, What if the heroes and villains never returned from the secret wars? Oh. and it features their next generation, their children that they had, trying to find a way to get back to the main reality. And it was just a really well done jumping off point if you want to start a series and never went anywhere because that was the last issue. Ah, <laughs>
0: oh, I love the secret wars. I remember it was who's the it was Beyonder, the bad guy in secret, yes, wars.
2: Mm-hmm. the Beyonder was the uh. the the antagonist i guess because there's lots of bad guys yeah set up the battle world where everybody had to just everybody duke it out and i every everybody went home except for ben Grimm, who didn't want to leave because he finally got rid of the rocks and then he eventually left and they guys knocked his rocks knocked off by the hulk so
0: as one does Uh, i remember that's where we first met cosmic spider-man Yes. And I remember there was a Secret Wars 2, and somehow Beyonder was like an amalgam of different characters. And I was like, um, I don't think this one's for me. Nah. Yeah. So, Matt, when we started the review series, the title of your first review was because now we're going to go into talking a little bit about what we think of the series so far. Mike, you've already given us a little moose boosh of what you think. Um, you Your title of that review was This Could Be Disney Plus greatest series yet do you think why did you think that with with that review or did someone just make that title up for you it was not me and um do you think they're holding up that end of that uh, lofty title
2: uh it, it certainly could be a very big hit for them uh they have a lot of things in place now they have the luxury of having a lot of the mcu actors coming back as voice talent but they don't need all of them a lot of the stand-ins have been doing a fantastic job uh in this last episode the guy they got to play William Hertz uh General Thunderbolt Ross I had to go back and check twice to make sure it wasn't really him
0: well Lake Bell who is a popular actress oh, she yes. she filled in she did the voice of uh Black Natasha yeah. and at if you didn't know that, you would think that was Scarlett Johansson. Yes. I mean, that's how good that's been. And that's a name actress, not some person who's just a, a voice character, although she does a lot of voice acting. Um, so you think you do think it's holding up this? this I, I
2: think it's holding up, and I think it has a lot of potential. So far, they haven't screwed it up, but it has a lot of potential considering the direction they're taking the MCU now or it looks like they're going to do. Um, involving the multiverse and just being able to get away with anything.
0: We will be getting into that because there was a big trailer that dropped earlier this week. Well, it leaked accidentally and then lo and behold, the next day was released to the world. We'll be talking about that. Mike, over the first two episodes, what's been your thoughts on not only the story of it, but the animation style of it as well?
1: So far, both the uh, first two episodes, the story's been great. Uh, I've enjoyed really what they're doing with the characters and really expanding them to be beyond what we've seen on the big screen. And animation style, I think, has been fantastic. Um, in, in a way, it kind of reminds me a little bit about uh, uh, Dragon's Lair animation with more of a modern modern technological, uh, adv- advancement. Wow. That sounded really complicated. Um, but really it just had such a fluid animation style. Um, for some reason, that's what popped into my head when I first saw it. And I think it's been spot on. I really enjoyed it.
0: I'm now looking up dragon slayer, like real quick,
1: it's
0: exactly <laughs> what I thought it was they actually do play dragon's lair in stranger things too. If you're wondering, that's mm-hmm. the, beginning. Yes, that's they the do. night that <laughs> is animated. I remember saying, Oh my God, I used to watch that show on USA cartoon express and I had no idea what the show was called. So thank you for bringing that up. I feel a complete as a human. <laughs> um, you guys haven't thought like, and this is just an open question. Whoever wants to answer this first um, for me, like, I knew that one story do you guys think that they're they haven't stretched this a little too far they're not getting a little ridiculous with the stories of like these grandiose what if do you think they're because we still have a zombies episode to go which to me I'm like ah, okay maybe this was about five to ten years a little too late but um do you think they've stretched it too far we're like this is a bit. Or like, whether it's a full story or or, or a certain character arc, you're like, "Mm, this didn't work for me. Anything in the first two episodes that hasn't worked for you guys? Or was there something that you weren't expecting that really worked? For me, Thanos being part of the gang, but also being (laughs) voiced by Josh Brolin and it being pretty amazing, at least in my opinion.
2: I always love when somebody can pull out... Technically, it's not genocide, if that's...
0: (laughs) Listen, it's it's the most effective way, according to him. <laughs> like
2: it was just efficient. It was,
0: <laughs> and it's just like it's such a terrible line, but like the way he delivers it, you're like, oh, oh yes, oh, that, Thanos, say, it was terrible
2: things. It just it, it clicks because of the delivery and the chemistry between these actors and pretty much the entire 13, 15 year run.
0: But this was so Matt for you, anything do you think that they stretched that you weren't vibing with, or is there something that, and on the same token, anything that took you completely off guard that you enjoyed?
2: Uh, nothing yet. In fact, I think the, the first two episodes where it was just pretty much just doing a switcheroo. Uh, what if Peggy Carter became the super soldier? What if T'Challa? Um, and how great was it to hear the the late Chadwick Boseman? That was
0: Uh, Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. That Uh, that last scene of that episode, you're like, (laughs) ah.
2: Yes. And then having him as Star-Lord, that was kind of like playing it safe. Uh, You could just do some fun stuff. Just the idea that instead of some Midwestern kid uh, growing up, you know, with that background, oh, you have a royal kid with, you know, higher education, diplomatic skills, and he goes into that spot and changes the entire galaxy.
0: <laughs> and it's just like the, everyone just likes him. Of Everybody just like loves him.
2: Yeah. Uh, great Easter egg with the renaming of the ship. Uh, I don't know if anybody
0: caught that. I didn't. What would they rename it?
2: Uh, instead of the Milano, which I'm assuming is a, a who's the boss reference and not a cookie reference.
0: Uh, I was going uh, cookie, to be honest with you. The uh-huh.
2: uh, the ship was uh, renamed on the wing. It says Mandela.
0: Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, that's a good one. I also enjoy Milano for the cookies, but not not slim. So that makes sense. I, I,
2: I was going to say there's a double entendre there that I'm going to leave alone. Uh <laughs>
0: let's please do also you know what th- about thing about mandela is interesting of the mandela effect definitely plays into that as well of just like you think you misremember something so if people don't know what that is like people could have sworn it's the famous one is uh sinbad was in uh shazam or yeah. there was a, a genie movie with sinbad in it um so yeah. Oh, yeah. It was Shaq, obviously, but people yeah. thought Simba was in a, in that. So that's like people just a misrememberance of something, and it's a mass misrememberance. Much like it had something to do with Nelson Mandela. But
2: I, I everybody seemed to remember him dying in prison. Yet i I have vivid memories of him being freed. Yeah, as
0: being, do I. We're okay? all old. We all remember <laughs> Mandela being released from prison. There's people who are younger than this. who are like, he was in prison. <laughs> uh, Mike, for you, is there anything that did didn't work for you? That was like, all right, we're a little stretching a little bit here, guys. And and conversely, was there something that just completely took you by surprise that you enjoyed? I
2: mean, uh, to be honest, uh, if we're going to talk about the most recent episode,
0: we're going to get into that.
2: Yeah, I'm just going yeah, to the first
0: two. I'm just going to the first two. First.
2: I thought they were going in a different direction with a as of yet unseen character, um, and they 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 definitely pulled the uh, pulled a fast one on me.
0: We'll get into the new episode. Don't worry. We're we're just we're just we're pre gaming with the first two, so save your save this for because we do are going to have some theories in there. So definitely hold that for that. But uh, Mike, so for you, anything that didn't work or anything that took you by surprise that you enjoyed.
1: Um. Well, so far, I first two episodes, I thought nothing in them caught me too far off guard to say that it didn't work for me. Um. What caught me off guard in a really positive way. Was the interaction between T'Challa and Korath uh, in this second episode? Um, just the banter between them and that opening dialogue of like, "Star Lord, you're famous," like that. That I mean, I was no joke. I was just laughing my ass off at that whole that whole exchange. Was yeah. so. Br- whoever wrote that needs an award. It was just brilliantly done. It was absolutely yeah. brilliant, done. and that set the tone for everything else. Because T'Challa, one thing that was taken from that I think came from the Black Panther movies is that, you know, his benevolence, how he was always kind to others. He was always honorable. And that translated even into this what if episode where he's taken on such a completely different path yet here he is. Now he's changed who the ravagers are. He's, you know, he's like a beacon of hope. Not just, not just for earth, but the galaxy. Like who else could convince Thanos to give up his, uh, his way of thinking and, and joining the, joining the, uh, gang.
0: I, um yeah, I, I did say in the last episode, Jaime Hansu they did bring him back to be Korath, and that is the first time I think he's ever been in a, this is the first time he's ever been in a comedic role. He's mm-hmm. often been very serious. He's cracked yeah. some jokes when he was popping Midnight and Constantine, but he's always been a very, very serious character, so it was cool to see him fanboy out for T'Challa. But let's yeah. get to the episode. This was the big one, guys. This was What If Earth's Mightiest Heroes, um we're lost. What if the world lost its Mightiest Heroes? Sorry, my apologies. I don't read well sometimes. So the basic premise of this is, what happens if in the beginning, when they're trying to recruit the Avengers, um Iron Man, the Hulk, Thor, Hawkeye, and Black Widow essentially get assassinated? <laughs> and who is doing it? So that is a pretty... Bold move that we're just going to kill off the biggest characters within the MCU that we saw multiple movies about solo movies, Avengers movies, appearances in other movies in series. They're all killed off. So, Mike, I'm going to start with you. What did you think of the premise of this that we're just going to kill off everybody?
1: I thought it was a dark way to go, but for the what if universe, and a possibility that, hey, what if we don't get the Avengers that we're accustomed to? And this took me back, actually not that far back, a couple months ago um, in comics, Marvel did the uh, Heroes Reborn saga. And they took the Avengers out and replaced them with a different uh, a different team, uh, the Squadron Supreme, if I remember the name correctly. Uh, with completely different characters. I mean, eventually the Avengers came back, but it it wasn't a what-if title, but what if there were no Avengers? What if there were other superheroes? And it's kind of imagining what would happen without that core cast, that core staple. I mean, you think about um, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, um, uh, Black Widow, uh, Hawkeye. Those, when people think of Avengers, that's who they think of right off the bat. You know, a lot of the second stringers, you know, you have to think about, oh yeah, they're Avengers. So I think as a premise, not just eliminating the Avengers, you know, they could have done something like, oh yeah, they'll just be regular people. But to have them completely taken off the chessboard, that I think was a bold move, which really worked well for what the rest of this episode, uh, for the story that the rest of the episode told.
0: What about you? Uh, You described this episode as a whole lot of steak, not a lot of sizzle. And I definitely agree with that. Uh, Not just because you love to grill meats. It's because that's what a lot of this was. What did you think of the premise of, Hey, let's just, um, let's off everybody, but Nick Fury.
2: No, I think and Agent it was,
0: thank God. Uh,
2: and, and I, I mentioned this in my review. One of the th- great things about the, what if comics was they would give you the, what if, and then tell you how it happened. And then those last couple of panels or those last two pages they left you wondering oh man what's going to happen from here out because now there's this ripple in the pond and where does it go from here and the idea of you know taking out the the three big guns uh of the avengers yeah where do you you still need avengers and as we've seen in the, in the comics and in the MCU, there's always more Avengers to pull out of somewhere, but. Still going to get Hercules. And you're trying to get it started. It's, uh, it's like it's draft day and there's uh and there's a bus crash and, oh. and everybody blows out their knee. Um,
0: okay. I know good. it's I worst it the worst time of the year to come up with that. Out, out of death.
2: <laughs> uh, yes. that. Yeah, that that was that was the premise, and yeah, that that was it. all these characters that we know and that were very integral to the beginning. Who was their first enemy? Loki, Thor's brother.
0: We will. Thor's get...
2: not there anymore.
0: Yes, that was very interesting. Yes. Now, what did you guys think of the fact that the the culprit behind the assassinations of the four big Avengers? Who have had their own standalone movies who are vital to saving the world from Thanos, the universe from Thanos, I should say, were assassinated by Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. <laughs> we got Michael Douglas to be in an animated series, and it sure as hell looked exactly like him, maybe a little more scraggly, but it was Michael Douglas as Hank Pym on for people who you know might have forgot. Avenging the death of his daughter, as, well, as I guess his wife as well. Um, just and but he was in the yellow jacket outfit. How did you think? What did you think of Hank Pym as the quote unquote bad guy in the episode? So, Matt, I'm gonna have to start with you because I went to Mike the first two times.
2: Okay, uh, first off, really smart choice. Um, and it, it's funny when we're watching all these things, we're seeing the, the assassinations of the other, mostly taking part via projecta. I thought they were going to reveal bullseye and some form of dark Avengers there. Uh, No, they go with Hank Pym and it, it makes sense. And, you know, to, uh, you know, put a hat on a hat. It reminded me of a DC storyline called uh, identity crisis, Mm. Where you are left wondering, is, is the atom killing people? Is, is the atom doing this? And a, another shrinking hero. But you go through several issues trying to figure out everybody's dying, including some really powerful people. Could it be this, you know, also ran whose biggest thing is being small?
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, Mike, what'd you think about uh, the Michael Douglas voiced Hank Pym as the ultimate killing
1: machine, essentially? I mean, you know, take Michael Douglas, put him in a bunker for a while. And I imagine that's what he'd come out looking like. Um, it was pretty bunker, creepy, but... you in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Matt said, that was a, it was a really good move because that was something unexpected. Because once you started considering that, there was somebody when I mean during the episode. It said it's all about hope, and there was a quick glimpse in the cemetery where you could see her name, Hope Van Dyne, and oh, that. Oh, wow. and that and the click the puzzle piece. Now I didn't. I was thinking, okay, it's got to be you know could be Ant Man, but having it as Hank Pym just may. I mean, it 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 up the ante tenfold because now you have to wonder what happened um, to Scott Lang because where, you know, what's going to happen to him. And also the other thing is seeing him in the yellow jacket armor um, that show obviously leans more to the villainous side. So again, where's the Ant-Man costume who has it, or maybe nobody has it. Uh, But it does lead you to wonder uh, what could be, you know, what could be the next step? What's going to happen afterwards. So I think uh, just, yeah, just like Matt said, you know, having um, Hank Pym as the big bad in this one uh, was a good move by uh, Marvel. Now,
0: Matt,
2: if I may. No, I just had a a thought. They ever released this on Blu-ray as a uh, as a collected series. I want that episode and all the episodes to be extrapolated on what comes next. All narrated by Michael Pena.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. How great that is! Yes.
2: That is one of the best running sticks <laughs> of the MCU, and mm-hmm. they got to do it that way.
0: Oh, uh, and and the memes great. that came back like when 2021 mm-hmm. happens, like, oh, what happened to yeah. 2020? And it was just everything that happened, and you're just like, wow, <laughs> this is really spot on. But <laughs> I, I wanted to say this for the theories part. We're talking Hank Pym, we know that Ant Man's coming out with Quantum Mania. Now, I have mm-hmm. never seen the Ant Man movies in full. Listen, oh. if you listen to this podcast, there's a certain part where I stopped watching the MCU because I had a kid. I lost a lot of jobs and then I fell way behind. But uh, I, I mean, I've seen Black Panther. I saw Spider-Man uh, far from home. So I'm catching up. Uh, how does this revelation of Hank Pym, how does this play into quantum mania? Uh, like, cause this is something I don't know. So, I mean, if Al were here, he'd just be like, well, obviously this is how it happens. But uh, what do you guys think? How do you think this plays into quantum mania? And because there's going to be some, uh, you know, playing with the timelines and and alternate realities here, which I believe they brought the, I think that was part of Ant Man too. They brought the Michelle Pfeiffer character back, and that was the original Wasp, right? Yes. So and she came back from an alternate realm, if memory serves, uh, right?
2: The microverse.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> why not (laughs) sure (laughs) perfect it's so on it makes all the sense in the world but it's so on the nose it's just like the small universe and you're like all right Right. (laughs) thanks guys where did she live small town okay (laughs) um you know is
2: there a megaverse we don't know
0: (laughs) yeah that's dr wiley runs it obviously (laughs) uh Whole guy jokes and uh but do you think this ties into quantum Mania, or could it or could it just be like hey this was just a cool idea mike what do you think um
1: i'm i may lean more towards the cool idea but being that the next sequence of movies is jumping into more really i mean with doctor strange far from home quantum mania i really feel like this could be an extension of the whole what if premise because while it things that may happen the movies may not directly continue we're going to be getting we will get glimpses of what if this happens in another universe we're going to see other realities we're going to see other timelines i mean the tva showed us that in loki and the the preview you know that we've talked about uh, for a certain movie on away also revealed that so it wouldn't shock me if uh, quantum media maybe Step back and uh, revisited this concept of the evil hank pym um we've had an evil hank pym in the comics as well it's happened um in
2: you know the maybe jacket it could happen
1: persona. yeah in exactly in as a yellow jacket so it could happen again if if anything just to throw maybe an added wrench into whatever the plot quantum media is going to have just to have a, a little extra villain in there maybe a second tier uh, villain
0: now, what about you? Do you, think, uh, do you think this Hank Pym revelation uh, ties into Quantumania?
1: Uh,
2: yeah, it very well could be. I think this season of What If maybe throughout it all, they'll pull out one or two things to throw in as Easter eggs to this upcoming uh, madness of the multiverse uh, Doctor Strange movie, Quantumania. Um the next Spider-Man and they probably got something else in there. I don't know if they're going to go into it with black Panther too. Uh,
0: Hawkeye will be the next uh, Disney plus series, but I don't see, I don't know if that will tie in there.
2: Yeah. Uh, When they go through this, uh, they'll pluck a few things out, but I think this really just kind of set the idea, the premise for, you know, all the kiddies watching at home, if you can get used to this concept, we can only hop, skip, and a jump over to all right, Alfred Molina's in here somewhere. <laughs> and uh
0: so yeah, I, I was actually gonna ask that later on, but I, I do I do agree with you. I think this is low-key did it, but now that but that was one singular character, and that never really jumped back into Marvel. That never came back to he was plucked from the MCU. He was in this alternate reality. It was never plucked back into, you know, placed back into it. Whereas this is just like, here's another world, and this is what's happening. You saw something that happened in this reality. Well, in this this other timeline, this other reality, this is happening. So I think you're right. I think this is a primer. This is this is the app. This is you know, wetting the appetite and you know, kind of easing people into. This is the soft opening, the out of town preview, as they'd say for just the wild shit that's going to happen in the next few years with the Marvel cinematic universe. So
2: let's,
0: let's look at, well, who was really the star of this, this episode, Samuel L. Jackson, (laughs) the man who never stops working. It was, I mean, Nick Fury, we just, is he just the guy we can never like he should never leave the MCU, right? We should just—we're just going to take. He's just we're got gonna to be that constant. He's the R two D two of M- MCU. <laughs> yeah, I, that's just like I can't believe you would insult Nick Fury like that. But yeah, <laughs> no,
2: I—that's not. A, do you know what is R two D two? He's a Swiss Army knife. He's whatever you need him to be, it's and that's what yeah. Nick Fury is, and what Samuel L. Jackson is. And uh, I'm <laughs> just going to throw something out here uh, at the end of that episode. <laughs> He was doing his lines with someone else's inflections. He, oh, oh. When, when it was when it was Loki disguised as Samuel L. Jackson. That's right. He he's doing it in the manner of which Tom Hiddleston does the Loki character, but it's his own voice delivering the lines. And it's a uh, that that was uh, probably harder than it sounds.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think about it, because he came off so cavalier. He's like, I don't care if they died. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what? he actually does, does. I thought he cared. And like, I'm like, oh, he's just playing mind games. And then you realize, like Matt said, it's low-key playing Nick Fury. And that's not something like, that's a different aspect of Samuel L. Jackson performance and definitely a different aspect of Nick Fury we see. But when Nick Fury, there's a couple of Nick Fury things I want to ask you guys. The beeper. Mm. What's the beeper? I don't know. So
2: okay, the, fill me uh, in. Okay. Go ahead,
1: Mike. So, um, yeah. like I'm choking. So, <laughs> so, okay. So, good to know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, this time I was choking on water instead of uh, scotch. Um, a, but, um, let's see. So, the, uh, the beeper, um, came at the end <clears throat> of, um, Infinity War. Was an after credit scene and the beeper, uh, had w- when it, the signal went off had the logo of Captain Marvel.
0: Ah, that's it, and that's why she shows up at the end, exactly.
2: Okay, are 90s, and that's when that movie took place. And mm-hmm. I haven't
1: seen it, <laughs> so, uh, oh man, uh, 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 neither
2: have I. That is, uh, oh, I, I haven't seen the uh, that, that's still on the list. I've seen so, the new stuff,
0: so that's- thank you for that, Mike, for filling us in, but it did you guys like the fact that in an event essentially in the Avengers universe that Samuel L Jackson just isn't, you know, the the player coach, he's the main star and he is thrust into the role of, as um, Clark Gregg's characters, Colson says, you're the last Avenger. And I don't know mm-hmm. if we ever really can, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys, I never really consider him an Avenger. I mean, he's like he's shield. He's right. their boss. Essentially. I never consider him. Like, um, sometimes I don't consider Professor X. Like, I never think of him as an X-Man. He's Professor X. He runs the team. How is it? How did you guys feel about them saying, like, Nick Fury is an Avenger? Uh, Matt, Uh, I'll start with you.
2: Do you know what? And I'm going to get a little bit of hate just for bringing up this name. But when the team wins the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick gets a ring, too. (laughs)
0: That, yes, that's true. That but he's true? always regarded at. They don't call him a. They don't say, Bill Belichick is a New England Patriot. They call him the coach of the New England Patriots. You know what I mean? He's always the coach. You know, so that's what I mean. And when you're talking like I don't like I don't know I don't always I don't refer to Aaron Boone as a New York. Well, shit, he was a New York Yankee. Um, <laughs> I was going to say I didn't get Joe Girardi. I'm like, god damn it, hire a non-player. Um, okay, <laughs> I don't consider Joe Judge a New York Giant. He's okay. the coach of the New yeah. York Giants, but they're saying Nick Fury is an Avenger. Is I think this is the first time we've ever really referred to him as this. And how do you feel about him being referred this way? Uh,
2: you know what? If uh, I mean personally, I've never been an Avenger, so I don't know how much skin I've got in the game.
0: I mean, but... listen, I've been I, I've been in there. It's it's a complicated mess.
2: I mean, I was a Team Titan once, but that was a long time ago. That was like twenty-something years ago. Uh, yeah,
0: you were a really good Beast Boy. I gotta tell
2: you. Thank you. Uh, no, uh, no, it, it makes sense because you know if, if you watch, you know, all of these movies that the first Avengers uh, movie, uh, I think it was, was it Civil War or uh, Winter Soldier? <laughs> He's the one riding the ship when all goes wrong.
0: It's um, first uh, um, Winter Soldier. He's way more involved.
2: Yes. yes, he's he's way more involved in that. And yeah, you know, if the team's going to lose, unless he does something, whether he he reveals that he's also scanned his dead eye, or whether he just tells somebody, yeah, the sun's over there, so that way's east. Turn the helicarrier this way. <laughs> Any one of these things. He he's 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 made it what it was. He he was as instrumental to any of these big world-changing battles as you know just ragdolling Loki uh in a penthouse somewhere.
0: Right. Right. Mike, what about you as the Nick Fury Avenger? How do you feel about that?
1: Mm-hmm. It made sense to me because it's like kind of the same reference, you know, you say, okay, he's the you know coach of the team. When you're coach of the team, you're still on the team, you're still part of it um so i i would say when they said you're the last avenger it kind of clicked for me i said yeah you know what he's been an avenger this whole time he's put the team t- together sure he's with shield but within shield you have the avengers you have this you know subgroup that nick fury leads and is part of he's the one that put it together um so i was i was totally fine with it it was almost like a revelation like yeah you know We've never said that he's an Avenger, but he really has been one this whole time, regardless of, you know, what timeline or unless there's a different one. But in terms of the uh, cinematic uh, universe, he's he's definitely been an Avenger. Let's
0: talk about our one of our favorite uh, variants here. Loki comes in to surprisingly avenge the death of his brother. But of course, there's motive. He wants to take over mm-hmm. the world. And at the end of the episode, he essentially takes over the world. Um, and basically we've set up the same plot minus some aliens of the first Avengers movie. Um, how did, did you feel like that was an earned moment where he just basically, he goes from, I'm going to stay here a little longer to, Hey, I'm in the United nations just announcing I've taken over the world. To me, there's two parts of this episode that I was like, um, Okay, I don't know how I feel about that. That was one of them where I'm like, wow, he just very quickly took over the earth with Nick Fury being like, you're gonna stay longer, and then it's like, boom, I've taken over the world. I don't know if I enjoyed. Like, I felt like there could have been a little bit more to that, Uh, Matt. What do you think about that? Do you think there could have been a little more to Loki's grand takeover of the world, (laughs) or do you think let's just cut to the chase?
2: Uh, Yeah, there could have been, uh, you know, another. If six seconds or so of just showing, you know, as guardian troops just here or there or, you know, positioning themselves other places in the world and just in some idea of a time frame. We don't know if that was two weeks later or the very next day.
0: It was the next it day.
2: It was mm-hmm. the next day. Yeah, that's a little, yeah. they're localized. uh, yeah, I, I think they could have shown them doing a little bit more to establish a foothold before they walk into the United Nations and say, uh, yeah, get your stuff and get out. This is a uh, new Asgard now.
0: Yeah, to me, it was like when he walked in, I'm like, oh, is he going to be like a good guy? And he's just saying, hey, we want to work with Earth and they're like they're going to bring in a bigger threat and he's going to work with the and he's going to be a part of the Avengers. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe Loki is now going to take Thor's place and he's going to be in the Avengers. We saw the series. He has some good in him when he needs it. Um, But no, no, he's there. He's taking over the world. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on uh, Loki's grand takeover.
1: Um, So, yeah, same thing was, I I was questioning the timeline of how quickly that happened, but I believe based on the episode, it must've happened within the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, I, I actually was thinking after that episode um, ended, I was wondering if that was the Loki variant who had the uh, vote for Loki button on his jacket. Oh my God. Imagine if they do that. Like I was thinking like, that's interesting. You know, a Loki who seems to have taken over and back with the TVA, we had a Loki who apparently at some point possibly did take over. And then
0: imagine the TV, imagine somehow mm-hmm. that ties into the TVA puts They take him away and they put him in. Into mm-hmm. they send him to the ether essentially,
1: exactly. Uh, the
0: other thing that bothered me about this episode mm-hmm. was we had an episode with Peggy Carter going through uh the Stargate, essentially, the Stargate opened up by the Kraken, um, or the bad, the villain from Hellboy, but whoever that was,
1: <laughs> or whatever
0: it was, Starro <laughs> from uh, <laughs> Starro from Sh-
1: shumagorath maybe
0: it was Starro <laughs> from the, the Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> that would be a hell of a crossover, but I digress. Uh and she meets she meets Hawkeye and Nick Fury. In this episode, we see a huge chunk of ice and this amazing end scene. I love this mm-hmm. shot of him wiping the ice, and there's the shield. One and one doesn't equal two for me. In this, it's it doesn't make a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me. He's seen her, but now she's in a chunk of ice. Are we now have to assume that there's other timelines involved here?
2: Oh yes, mm-hmm.
0: I, I'm not sure uh, yeah. I am not sure how to make it be, to me because I'm like, all right, I saw this timeline and now I have this other one where she's in a chunk of ice. like he's already met her. so
1: right so it, each each episode appears to be a different a different universe. Uh, so what we saw in episode one with Captain Carter is not what we is not the same universe in episode two and neither are the same universe as episode three. We're seeing elements of various er, various earths. I can't even say that right. Um, But that's so, and that point. So that was interesting to me that, hey, all we spoke before about all the Avengers being offed, except for Cap or who we think is Cap in the ice because we see the shield. Now, for all we know that maybe it's not Steve Rogers, but it's interesting that all the Avengers have some sort, you know, were assassinated. And yet a Captain America is still stuck in the ice.
0: And which Captain America do you think that is? Is it Steve Rogers? Is it Agent Carter? Is it Bucky? Mm -hmm. Who would you put your money on?
2: All -hmm. things being equal, probably Steve Rogers, because we're just going to assume it followed the normal timeline up until Hope Van Dyne became a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and was killed.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, we did see Tony in the donut. We saw Tony in the donut. It's the <laughs> weirdest sentence ever, but it's so true. Uh we still we still have um we still have basically reenacted the scene with Thor and and the hammer and uh, accidentally Clint Barton killing him. Um mm-hmm. now Bruce Banner's a little different, but um he's dead because he blew up Oof, such a wild was, scene.
2: Oh
0: yeah. I still think yeah. it's Peggy Carter, uh, because I feel like they're going to bring her cause I did see a clip of her like doing the, the, uh, the, the, the famed scene of everyone shooting at the uh, aliens in the sky and she's there. Mm. So for me, I'm just going to go say it's Peggy Carter somehow. Um, you could definitely be right. as Steve Rogers. I'm just, I'm just going to just, right. Everything I mean, is out the window at this point. So I
1: mean, a, r- a real swerve would have been Isaiah Bradley.
0: Oh my God. If that's true, that would be yeah, th- incredible.
1: Uh,
2: in fact, that's uh, if they had not included Isaiah Bradley in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm. that would have been one hell of a what if. Yeah. To introduce that character, because that is a very important character um, in the Marvel Universe, you know, to have been introduced in the last 20 years. I think a lot of I think every writer that's trying to introduce a new character to, to the Marvel Universe in the last, again, like 20 years. Has been trying to replicate that level of success.
0: Isaiah Bradley would be, that would be a bombshell. I would love that.
2: Oh, one interesting uh, thing that I thought of just now uh, during the Hulk scenes, um, one, somehow Edward Norton didn't find some way to rewrite that scene, even though he wasn't even involved. Um, but number two, uh, during that scene, if we go look at the 2008 movie, Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we didn't see in that scene that we saw in the live action, we didn't see Emil Blonsky. We didn't see mm. Tim Roth's character that becomes the abomination.
0: Right.
2: True. You know, Sprinting past all the other younger soldiers on his way to the front line.
0: Mm. To go get right. t- and it was on that campus, right? Yep. Yes. He yeah. was there. That was
2: right. right. So that character's not around or not in that scene, at least.
0: I've mm. heard there's been... Re- I have heard rumors about maybe that character returning too.
2: I've seen uh, whether it's real or not. And I assuming that I've seen parts of teasers for Shang-Chi mm-hmm. and the abomination.
0: Right. That's right. Shang-Chi. And now you have to wonder how the multiverse is going to is the multiverse going to be apparent in that movie. That's going to be interesting. Um, let's talk about the cast. Uh, best your favorite inclusion of a, a, or you see your favorite vocal performance i'm just going to go with i think is the obvious one clark reg back as agent colson interviewed on the at comic-con when he gives out his password to natasha <laughs> it's just wonderful it's like steve 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 that steve. <laughs> hashtag steve, steve steve i heard steve like one four three and I'm just like, ah, oh, that's the best. You're such a geek for Captain America. I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, God. But he was, it was so nice to have him back. And it's just like, because not a lot of people, people watch the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., sure, but that that show took, like, he just was gone from the MCU for a while. So I, it was great to have him back. And I hope we have more of him in What If? Because he's just a super fun character. And he's just one of those constants, especially if Fury's going to be out in the field being an, an Avenger, Someone's got to be, someone's got to be piloting the whole thing. Someone's going to be on the sideline and I want it to be Coulson. Uh, Mike, who is your favorite uh, vocal performance in the episode?
1: Um, so I actually went with Coulson also because hearing him back in that role, I mean, I watched through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the various versions that we got of him and nothing was the same as the original Agent Coulson. So to hear him, back as Agent Colson, Agent of Shield, um, was a thrill. Like I caught myself smiling, like, oh my God, he's back. Like this is the real Agent Colson here. Um I mean a close second would be Mick Wingert, who, you know, took a couple lines in Iron Man as Iron Man. Uh, because it really I mean, out of all the voice casts, I think he was the most dead on resembling Robert Downey Jr.
0: It almost I almost thought it was Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Uh Matt. Your favorite in the
1: episode. Yeah, like we said,
2: uh Lake Bell and the uh actors that portrayed Iron Man and General Ross did a fantastic job replicating those voices. Talked about uh, you know, Samuel L. Jackson picking up on Tom Hiddleston's uh delivery to play, you know, it affects simply of himself. My MVP for the voice cast would be Michael Douglas in this one. Was, was um only because he really did a great job of emoting this this venom of you know what's been taken away from him, who he blames, which was there in the character in the Ant-Man movies. He was never happy with Nick Fury. He always kind of hated anything to do with the superhero game, uh, you know, ever since he left it. But then how the absurdity of fighting Loki once he realizes something's wrong mm-hmm. that sort of awkward like the office level of delivery of a comedic like uh, okay who's the goth kid and he's like <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it almost went into Venture Brothers ta- territory with like <laughs> I'm in the middle of killing people but now I'm gonna have this awkward interaction of just <laughs>
0: He reminded me, his performance reminded me of the. the, I can never remember his name from Venture Brothers, the guy who's the bee, the wasp, or the monarch. Mighty Monarch. monarch, Yeah. Yeah. He reminded me of the mighty monarch. I'm like, Mm, because he was was like, he was so, like, like you said, he was very dramatic and very emotive when he was talking about his daughter. But then when he got to the villain mode, he was twirling the mustache Mm -hmm. so hard. And it's, fucking michael douglas multi-time oscar nominee and winner a acting royalty who's just like man i'm the villain and you're just like (laughs) give it to me again (laughs) love it so we've talked about the impact it's going to have going forward but let's talk about the spider-man trailer where we open up the mc we're opening up because those who didn't see it Peter Parker at the end of uh, far from home, it was revealed through J Jonah Jameson and a very, um, I almost called him Alex cross, but what the hell's his name? Um, Alex Jones type character version of J Jonah Jameson reveals that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Everyone knows who he is. And now he's a target. His friends and family are targets. And he goes to Stephen Strange says, Hey, sir, can you make this not happen? And, I, and then basically it's like, Don't do it, Steve. You don't know how to do magic. And Doctor Strange is like, (laughs) of course I will. And Peter Parker being Peter Parker being a putz and Mm Doctor Strange being an arrogant douche. um, They throw everything off. Doc Ock comes back. We hear the cackle of Willem Dafoe. Cats and dogs falling in love. It's wild. (laughs) How much do you think what we're seeing in the MCU do we think anything from what if is going to leak into Spider-Man? Um, Spider-Man a home is destroyed. I don't even know what the fuck it's called. It doesn't matter. It looks great. No
2: way home. No way, no way home.
0: home. No way out. It's WWE. <laughs> baby. Um, it's no way home. Um, first off, what did you guys think of the trailer and how much do you think the MCU will be? Um, well, how much do you think what if will bleed into this? So Matt, you've already stated how you think this is like a couple, this is kind of like a, you know, warming people up for this wild concept. What do you think is going to anything could come out of here? Or do we even see Spider-Man in what if I don't even know if we're going to see that.
2: Uh, I think it's going to work the other way around. I think these movies are going to come out and then the next, if they're going to have another season of what if they have to, they probably will. It's going to use those characters. because Right now, if you're just an MCU fan, you've probably seen other superhero movies, but right now doing the, uh, what if the venom symbiote chose wolverine as the host that's not being done right now in these eight or ten episodes that they're doing because
0: we haven't introduced wolverine
2: yeah they they've uh if i can switch gears uh, again uh they're pulling a vince mcmahon they've never been here before nobody knows these characters if they've never been here before (laughs) same thing right
0: uh, really, it really, well, really. Done. Who
2: cares? It's one of the most popular superheroes of all time. Nobody knows Wolverine. He hasn't been part of these movies yet. Uh, yeah, we
0: the, met Mickey, Mickey Mouse yet.
2: Coming was, the next you know, season.
0: I, oh God, Vince McMahon <laughs> is book, booking the MCU now. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely see that, and I know people have talked. People have talked about you know we'll be we see X, the X Men in this. We even talked about X Men um, in Wandavision. It was just finally yeah. how we're going to see mutants, and the answer was. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, hell, they even cut characters out They were, were supposed to re- be revealed due to online reactions. So, there, I don't think we're going to see the X Men anytime soon. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the astrophysicist that um, they were uh, they were supposed to meet um, while Wanda was engulfing more and more of New Jersey. Uh, that was supposed to be a introduced introduction to a Marvel character, and they cut it because people thought it was going to expected it to be reed richards and what's not going to be most likely i think was going to be blue marvel uh so yeah i think something if spider-man ends up in what if because they're very secretive about what outside of zombies uh what is coming in what if we didn't even, I didn't uh, like Kirkham if I'm wrong, guys. Like, we didn't even, we don't really know the episodes going into them. They just kind of, it's like, oh. hey, what if oh. there's the episode?
2: Uh, right. we do know that this is, uh, we apparently have not heard the last of Chadwick Bozeman in a voice role.
0: Oh, but, mm. uh,
2: because it has in some of the uh Wikipedia and other Wikia entries says, uh, in that episode and in other voice roles. Um, oh, interesting. Interesting. So that'll be a yeah. nice thing to listen for, but it'll probably be a line here or there because these are forty-minute episodes. And
0: it's very true. Yeah, I feel like they might do an hour if they're going to redo Avengers One essentially with new Avengers. I think that episode could be close to an hour, but okay. maybe not. Okay. Um, but Mike, what about you? Do you think anything pulls out of from the multiverse? Anything from What If is pulled into there for Spider-Man?
1: I think either into Spider-Man or into the uh, Doctor Strange multiverse of Madness movie, because if I remember right, the last trailer for What If did show an animated Doctor Strange and Peter Parker. Um, I believe it was the last trailer before the series started airing. So I do think that there has to be something in uh, No Way Home that relates to What If. Um, something, Something has to get pulled. I think if they're real, if what if, and what's the, uh, remind me the release date for, uh, no way home is, is it October?
0: I believe it's, it's gonna, I think it's December.
1: It's or December. So they have some time to f- flesh stuff out, but also thinking about it, the, uh, the Loki series and the what if series are the only two that we know of that gets a second season. Um, so I'm thinking those move that the movies we're going to see will loop back to the second season of each of <clears throat> this to the second season of both Loki and um, what if. So that being said, I really think that the episode we see that features Peter Parker and Dr. Strange uh, will have to tie into No Way Home somehow, even if it's maybe just a small nod or some or maybe that's how or maybe one of the villains that we see in No Way Home comes from. What if um, there has to be a distinctive link there? And to the other thing we we're saying, would this be an introduction to anything that we haven't seen yet? I mean, the Watcher has been a consistent character throughout Fantastic Four. In the comics, the Watcher shows up quite often. So, I mean, I'm not saying the Fantastic Four is going to show up, but there are characters that have appeared more frequently in, in comics than we've seen in the cinematic universe. There, There's a chance. I mean, there was the rumor that Daredevil, you know, is, yeah. is the lawyer. Um, Charlie, with saw, Charlie Cox. I mean, when you Daredevil. see when you see that, I mean, look, it could be anybody in a suit, but if it's if it's him, that would be great. That'd be fantastic.
0: It, it's not Ben Affleck, people. There, there are very <laughs> strong rumors that Charlie Cox will return. Yeah. Charlie Cox. <laughs> Matt is very happy about that. <laughs> Charlie Cox was Daredevil in the Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where you're going to pull into some of it. I think Eternals is where you're going to see. I think I wouldn't be shocked to see Watcher in Eternals or somehow we get him, especially if we have, gosh, just make it Jeffrey Wright at this point. He's perfect voice casting for that. It's just, he's that, and he's going to have his own Commissioner Gordon series. It's like, okay, sure. It's like, just give me that for 10 seasons. But like, so I think like I could see Jeffrey Wright's washer going into Eternals, especially since it has to do with like time and space, timey, wimey stuff. Uh, A little Doctor Who reference for everyone out there. Um all right guys, so let's rate the episode. We're gonna do this. <laughs> I didn't have a rating system last time and I figured it out on a scale of one to ten question marks, one being the worst, ten being the best. What would you rate the episode of uh basically the Avengers get killed? Uh Mike, we'll start with you. Uh scaling a one to ten. why would you rate the episode and your overall thoughts?
1: I'll give it a seven out of ten. Um, Because out of the three episodes that we've seen so so far, this, I don't want to say the weakest of the series, because we don't know the other episodes, but out of the three, the first two episodes were definitely better. Um, This was an episode where, you know, like I said before, taking the established team out of the equation, but not quite. And something you said earlier with reminding me that uh, when Coulson gave Black Widow the password, it was, you know, all about Steve Rogers. So perhaps my theory of a different cat being in the ice is probably not uh, legit at all. If he's talking about Steve Rogers, unless there's a major swerve there, um, <clears throat> but overall, um, it was a good episode. Not you know spectacular, like mind blowing. Um, although again, like you know, like Matt and Bill, you've said before with uh, you know uh, Nick Fury and, and uh, Loki as main characters, that was something. And and Hank Pym, um, that was something definitely unexpected but still compare i mean honestly compared to the last episode with uh um, t'challa as one of the ravagers i mean that that's that was a pretty high bar for me
0: to me this was man i would let you go last and give us your to, to since you've been writing the series um that went like matt said this is a lot more steak than sizzle uh, this is a definite table set because now it looks like we're going to, at least for the next episode or episodes down the line, we're going to find out who the new Avengers are in this timeline. So this was just the setup to that. So it's a good it's a good episode. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. I liked it. Would I revisit this episode? No, I'm going to revisit T'Challa. I'm going to revisit Agent Carter for right now. But this was a really good setup for hopefully what's going to happen for the rest of the season because I don't think you're going to leave an episode like that, it's just like, all right, Cap, like, oh, the Avengers are dead. Well, at least we have Captain America and we got to go find new Avengers. And you don't capitalize on the rest of that. I think that's uh, that's uh, some definite, um, someone's definitely not doing their job right. So I think we're going to see this is the table set for this episode. So seven and a half out of 10 for me. Matt?
2: Yeah, I'm putting it uh, in that seven and a half to eight range right there. Uh, this is the starch on the plate. This is your potatoes. This is your pasta. This is... You know the cookie that has all the uh that keeps the chocolate chips in place. This is
0: uh <laughs> just on top, not inside of it, right?
2: <laughs> yes, and if we're gonna see uh, as you're saying, whether these different uh realities ever meet each other that we're seeing each week, um, I would be a little disappointed if you know in these multiverse movies that we have coming up. We don't see Haley Atwell uh, no. carrying that Union Jack shield. First off, anytime I can see Haley Atwell, that's a plus. Hey, this
0: uh, is a family podcast. It's not a fucking family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she's uh, great. I, I also think I, what you're saying about Haley Atwell too is that the Agent Carter series wasn't the best send off for her. I mean, we know she dies, and and we see that in uh, Winter Soldier, but. I feel like there's a lot of money left on the table with her, not just in terms of creatively, but literal money left on the table with her.
2: Yes, and we can see her, and then we can see, you know, maybe coming in out of a portal somewhere in one of these other movies. You know, Steve Rogers and Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, and a couple of other random heroes, and we can tell that's those Avengers that we we're going to get from mm. that from that one. What if and you know, then Zombie Spider Man swings in, and you know they got to deal with him and All
0: right. whatever. I'm <laughs> I, I I reg- regretting it. that zombie. I'm like dreading that zombie one so much. <laughs> I,
2: it wasn't my favorite storyline. And then when the fact that they brought it back like seven years later, like that's enough time for nostalgia. I was like, Ay.
1: isn't Isn't that the storyline where they brought Blade back? I mean, okay,
0: it- okay. If that's what happens in the zombie episode, I'm fine with that. (laughs) If not, I'm really dreading this episode. Ghost Rider. That wouldn't be bad either eh, because we are getting a blade movie. Mm -hmm. So with Mahershala Ali as blade, which just, it sounds ridiculously good. Uh, Mm -hmm. As long as they use that new order remix, they got to do it. Um, But yeah. That zombie Mm -hmm. one, man. (sighs) Yeah. I wonder if now if you see Peggy Carter involved somehow with Sam Wilson. Mm-hmm. What, if? What, if?
1: what if? What if?
0: What if? What <laughs> if? So that's our what if. Jesus yeah. Christ. That's our what <laughs> if review. Uh, Matt, unless you had anything more. <laughs> I'm
1: I good for now. There, <laughs> okay. there's, there's one thing I left on the table and I didn't I didn't cap it off. Well, I, I always leave money on the table. Oh, um, but the one thing, you know, I was thinking about, you know, with the what-if leading into uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Is this the possible introduction to the M- to a surprise introduction to the live-action Miles Morales um, Spider-Man?
2: That's true, because... Is that happening? I- into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. was our first look into... It wasn't MCU, but that was our first look into multiple realities <laughs> mm-hmm. all intermingling.
0: Man, mm-hmm. just give me Jake Johnson as slovenly Spider-Man and <laughs> Spider Ham. Oh, screw it. I want all of them. Because... I
2: want all of Spider-Ham more than anything else. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. god, yeah. And then Spider-Man Noir. Like imagine, yeah. imagine if you will, what if we got a live action Spider, you know, Spider-Man and Nick Cage is Spider-Man Noir okay. and goes up in that. I don't know if I could handle that from a yeah. standpoint of joy. <laughs> Because that would be insane, and I would love it. What if, guys?
2: Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe on the same screen together. There there isn't enough scenery to chew. There's a-
0: <laughs> they will literally go into other movies to chew that scenery. <laughs> My God. Oh, now I want it to happen. <laughs> All right. So that's that's what if. Now, what we're going to do before we sign off for the night, we're going to, or the day, whenever you listen to this podcast, We're going to give you some pop culture recommendations. This is movies, TV shows, comic books, books, songs, anything that's getting us by this time, trying to keep it on the news slant, but it could be just about anything. So big cat, I'm going to start with you. What's something that you're vibing on right now that you want to recommend to the people?
2: Oh, one thing I'm doing, uh, as we've mentioned on this last episode, uh, the venture brothers entire series has dropped on HBO max under their adult swim portal see you in a week (laughs) go ahead and watch the entire thing some of the earlier episodes don't have the same animation production quality trust me it all pans out um jeffrey wright the watcher himself is one of the guest stars on a few episodes uh get into that uh if you like ultimate if you like alternate timelines uh there's a great little keyboard tree that uh, NBC put together a few years ago uh, called Timeless. They got about two seasons out of it. And it oh. is on Hulu right now, uh, where they went through American history, uh, changing this and that. And the one thing that I just discovered I've been watching, uh, Chapelweight, which is the Epics channels uh, with Adrian Brody, their adaptation of the Stephen King's, classic jerusalem's lot not to be confused with salem's lot uh there's some meager tie between the two stories but it is uh about two episodes in they've got three out already and it is looking to be stephen king at his most lovecraftian
0: it's funny because epics like i remember watching pennyworth i watched the first episode of that epics like it's like they have shows on that everyone likes, that critics love, but no one has Epix, or very few people have Epix. Right. So Hunted Down, Epix, E P I X, I think they were just acquired in some deal that happened, and I don't remember what it was. But there was some big TV deal that happened recently. Epix was acquired that, so hopefully they get more uh, play on that. But Chapelweight, Venture Brothers, and when was the third one?
2: That was a uh, Timeless.
0: Timeless, that's right, on NBC. Venture, HBO Max, man. So glad they have Venture Brothers now. Um, Mike, what are you recommending to the people?
1: So for the comic uh, lovers out there, I know DC and Marvel are, you know, the most popular mainstream, but I think uh, lately Image Comics has been knocking it out of the park with a lot of their new releases. Um, There's, you know, something, uh, there's um, Stray Dogs, which has been phenomenal. um, And two other series that I've also gotten into, uh, Radiant Black. Uh, which has become my number one favorite comic right now. I mean, I'm a big Transformers guy. Who doesn't love Batman? But pick up Radiant Black. Um, it does, you know, follows the superhero genre, but has a very, um, very real twist to it, uh, which is something that I think a lot of people who read it will appreciate. And the other series by Image Comics that I've really gotten into is Noctera. Um, so very, very good series, which you know, definitely. Um, take a divergent path from typical superhero stories. Um, you know, very well worth the read, very cerebral, um, the stories definitely go in directions that you don't expect them to. Um, so I really think that, uh, image comics has been really stellar in the, in the past 12 months. So that's one recommendation I can give, uh, another recommendation, uh, something that my wife has been doing. We've been rewatching through clone wars. As she has not been very big into any Star Wars series until Mandalorian. And once she saw Mandalorian, she got hooked into watching everything else. Uh, so we've been watching Bad Batch.
0: We're just finished. So, up,
1: yeah. Yep. So having finished Bad Batch, we've gone back and I've been introducing her to all the familiar characters that uh, we've seen through uh, Clone Wars. And lastly, um, I've gone back thanks to Amazon Prime and I've been rewatching The Expanse. I haven't watched the newest seasons, so I started from back from season one and going through it all over again. Because honestly, I didn't really remember anything that happened. So before I catch up on the new seasons, I've decided to go back and rewatch it all.
0: Yeah, *Expanse* for those who know, originally started on Sci-Fi and then was canceled, and then picked up on Amazon Prime. It's got a real good cult status. So yeah, if you're really into that sci-fi and there's some, well, the first couple of seasons had a war tinge to it, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if you're like stuff like that, definitely check out the expanse. So some really good recommendations. Mine are not going to be as good, but uh, if you, I've mentioned it because Matt did a great job interviewing people from the cast of heels. I have only gotten through the first episode just due to time and space and life in the world. But the first, if you like Friday night lights and you like pro wrestling, Heels is for you. It's a great show. Uh, it's on stars. I don't know, everyone gets stars, but you know, they're doing a free trial for a month on on streaming. Um, it's essentially about two brothers played by Stephen Mel, Alexander Ludwig. Uh, they are uh trying to run a small promotion in their own hometown. It's sibling rivalry, it's like small town politics, small town life. The re- if you're a wrestling fan, you will not be insulted by this at all. Michael Malley who's been in a million things is including the host of guts on Nickelodeon uh, is the showrunner and everything is very authentic. Stephen Amell of course was in, did stuff with WWE. He was at the independent show all in. So the wrestling is a plus everyone does really good, including James Harris, including Alan Maldonado, who Matt also interviewed who were not wrestlers. Alexander Ludwig is also not a wrestler very convincing in their roles in the ring. The wrestling is respected very highly. This show was written by Michael Waldron who wrote Loki. So dialogue is fantastic. So yeah, there's a lot of good in this show. If you can watch stars, if you have HBO max, I highly recommend the surfing docu series, 100 foot wave, uh, which is about a surfer named Garrett McNamara, who surfed the hundred foot wave off the coast of Nazare in Portugal. And it's not just a, a very pretty documentary series about gorgeous building size waves. It's about the people who surf them and what drives them. Uh, it's already been greenlit for a second season. It's an excellent series. Even if you're not into surfing, this is a very, very, very cool series. And my final recommendation I don't know if I even have a final rec- recommendation. Well, there is a new Metallica record coming out, and it's not a Metallica record as you think. It is the anniversary re- tribute record to the Black album which is going to be like a 40-plus track tribute record. They've got some real weird ones, like Elton John and Miley Cyrus are teaming up for one, but I'm not recommending that to you. I'm going to recommend Sad But True, covered by one of my favorite bands, one of Al's favorite bands as well, Royal Blood, which is a two-piece band, a bass and drum, and they do one hell of a job redoing this, uh, paying homage to Metallica, but also putting their own spin on it. And also, surprisingly, Weezer has a pretty good cover of Enter Sandman on it, which if you've heard Weezer, they love to play guitar. So, and they like to get a little hard every once in a while. So definitely check out either Weezer's Enter Sandman or Royal, but most importantly, Royal Blood's cover of Sad But True. So that is going to wrap up this week's episode. Guys, thank you for coming in at the last minute to fill in for my beautiful, but irresponsible co-host. And um, please plug yourselves on social media. Matt, you got a lot of stuff going on, whether it's pop break, bcp, grilling. Tell <laughs> tell people where they can find you online.
2: Uh you can find me on Twitter at Aantismart, that's anti with two A's, uh, or at uh Bob Culture Podcast, uh, where I am constantly either trying to get Baron Corbin to uh acknowledge my grilling skills, which he has one, uh, or creating the buffer in the shadow war between uh Lance storm and disco inferno uh, on Twitter.
0: Don't don't ever be the buffer. Just let Lance win. Uh, Lance <laughs> is right. <laughs> in my opinion.
2: What if he doesn't win? Somebody's got to be there to pick up the pieces, Bill.
0: I, if you're there to pick up Lance storm's pieces, you let me know because I help. <laughs> he's, a, he's a Canadian treasure and we must protect him at all costs. Him and maple syrup. What can I tell you? Um, I would say Rush, but I'm not a fan.
2: With that 100 kilos and under title.
0: Oh, fuck. One of my favorites. <laughs> Didn't he give it to Jacques Rougeau?
2: I think he gave it to
1: Elix Skipper.
0: Elix Skipper, then PCO got the hardcore title. Yep. Uh, um, right. Mike, where can people find you online?
1: Online. Uh, so I'm on Twitter uh, at OmegaX80. Uh, I think that's still my handle.
0: <laughs> it but is. I have to tag you constantly. Yeah
1: okay thank you i never remember my own handle um but otherwise um i've got uh, my ebay shop where i'm selling all sorts of toys games collectibles and comics at omega collectibles on ebay um aside from that those are the only places on the internet that you'll likely find me um unless you check your you know local insurance company you might find me on one of your insurance panels
0: that's a long story um <laughs> but also don't forget uh, wrestling with mental health coming soon to all plat- podcast platforms. It's going to be great. Uh, as for me, if you must follow me, I don't know why you want to. I am at Bodkin W R A T E S. It's mostly just wrestling me wishing Adam Cole goes to AEW, which no one on this podcast, but Mike and <laughs> Matt get, um, but most importantly, I'm retweeting stuff from ThePopBreak.com. In September, we will be celebrating 12 years. That's right. I've been doing this since 2009. Mike has been with me, gosh, probably for 10 years. Matt, at least three, if not four. Um, I don't do math well. Three-ish. Yeah. Three-ish. Um, and, of course, Thepopbreak.com. every single day. We're talking movies. We're talking TV. We're talking music. We're talking comic books, pro wrestling, anime, digital trends, all that good stuff. We are on Twitter at the pop break forward slash pop all spelled out on Facebook at the pop break on Instagram. We are going back to concerts. We have shot, Oh, uh, we just shot the hell tour, which features featured followed by Weezer and green day. We've shot Warren Haynes of government mule, um, Rise Against and some other, uh, Lindsey Sterling and Britt Floyd will be shooting rants and Dropkick Murphys coming up. All our guys are safe and vaccinated and healthy. So we're very stoked to have people back shooting for us. Uh, So check out our Instagram. We'll be checking that, uh, uh, updating that soon. Of course, leave us a great review. Rate, review, subscribe on all your platforms. Give us a follow on Spotify and check out our other podcast networks. Check out Pop Break TV, The Breakcast and The Winter Still Is and the Way Too Early Oscar podcast. Those hubs can be found on Apple, Google, Anchor, and Spotify. So, for my good buddy, the Hebrew Hammer, Michael Dworkis, for the Big Cat Matt witness, my name is Bill Bodkin. Thanks for checking us out. And we'll just remember to ask the question, what if?